Yes, it has been a while, boys and girls. Feels like forever since the last time I sat down and recorded one of these things. Now, I kind of apologize for the fact that there's been, you know, longer gaps between episodes, but I'm going to be painfully honest with you. I get to see all of the stats, and there really hasn't been any increase in traffic to the podcast in quite a while. So I already have an idea of who my regular and routine listeners are or what areas they're in, but without that growth continuing, it makes it a little more difficult for me to be motivated to just crank out content, 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 if I know it's pretty much just going to the same people. Not that you people aren't important to me. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? But also remember that each episode takes me like 8 to 10 hours of time between show prep, recording, producing, uploading, all of that shit. So again, it's difficult for me to motivate myself to do that when it's like, well, it's not really a huge audience that it's going out to, and it's definitely not a new audience. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to stop making the podcast. I do still enjoy doing it. And if I do start to see growth in the listenership, I will more likely be motivated to put out much more routine content. So if you want more episodes of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast, go tell your friends, tell your family, make them listen, grow the show. I can't do that by myself. I can put it out there. I can't force people around the world to listen, nor do I have any kind of advertising budget. Also, I've just been crazy swamped at the school. Very, very busy. I, both my kids had birthdays recently in just the last few weeks. The holidays just ended. So again, when I have all that stuff going on, you know, the podcast is not necessarily top of mind now that it is not a weekly type of thing. However, I know how I am and how I get, and I'm sure there will be a time at some point this year, regardless of the listenership increase or not, that I will probably have a big surge of episodes and content back to back to back to back to back. So we'll just see what happens. I do want to point out that yesterday, so the day before I'm recording this episode, was Valentine's Day. Which is kind of what prompted the idea for this episode, so I sat down last night, cranked out some show prep, and here I am, after getting home from school, recording the episode itself. I will tell you that being single for quite some time now, walking through the aisles of the grocery stores and like a Walgreens or CVS and seeing all of these Valentine's displays and flowers and red candies and heart-shaped bullshit, I take great joy in just walking right past it and thinking to myself, suckers! But we will get to that later as that is more or less the topic for this episode. Do want to give a quick update on my novel. I have officially finished the third edit of the novel, which again, whenever I do an edit, I end up adding stuff that, oh, this adds to the story now that I know what the story is. So it just keeps getting more and more robust, which is a good thing, but it's more time consuming than just basic looking for grammatical mistakes. I am now on the fourth pass and about 30, 40 pages in. I'm guessing 
missing five passes. That's kind of what I was originally planning on that it was going to take me about five. I did a little research recently and it turns out at a lot of, you know, professional publishing houses with big authors, there's actually maybe upwards of seven passes of editing that happen. So it seems like I'm pretty much on schedule in regard to that. I'm not going to rush it, but hopefully soon I can consider this thing 100% done, know that it is error-free, and I will then self-publish that on Amazon for you all to go buy, hopefully. Fingers crossed! I will say that when doing the third pass edit, there was actually a moment of just reading the book that I actually was moved to tears. So I guess that's a good sign that even as the writer of the book, there was you know a moment in the book that just really moved me emotionally. Also, there was a new piece of dialogue that I added during this third pass that I want to share with you that I thought was quite profound, actually. And I quote, The world is not your responsibility, and it's certainly not mine. The world is much smaller than you think when you turn off all the noise. Most of the time, the world isn't any bigger than the property line around your house. And I think a lot of us forget about that because of social media, just TV, general media. We feel like everything that's happening anywhere on the planet somehow impacts us. We lose sight of the fact that most of the things really are happening wherever you are at this given point in time. Whether you're in your car, at work, at home, that is your world. So embrace that and, you know, maybe try and focus a little bit more on that smaller bubble around you and quit worrying about all the shit that's going on all over the world that if it were not for our current technology with media and social media, you would never have a clue it's going on. Kind of like all of the earthquakes that have been happening lately or the fact that, you know, three UFOs were shot down in a two-day period over North America. The last of those shootdowns happening only a state away from me. Also, there was a huge train derailing, which I'm sure you've heard about, with all of these harmful chemicals being burned and released into the environment. That happened in my state, so a lot of shit close to me going on that ain't so cool. But it's still far enough outside of my bubble that should I really care. Also want to point out that as far as I know, here on February 15th of 2023, President Biden still hasn't said shit about the UFOs. And I assure you, these are not just basic harmless balloons if we're shooting them down with missiles that cost half a billion dollars each. Speaking of Biden and just the complete lack of attention to all of the weird stuff going on, you know, we do have an election that's going to be coming up sooner than later, and if any of you want either Trump or Biden to run again in 2024, let alone win, you're a fucking moron. Now, I will say at least Trump would have been giving info on all of the stuff with the UFOs. He would be out speaking about it. He would be talking about the train derailment. He would be giving some information, probably excessive amounts of information, through his Twitter machine. So yes, while much of the information would come in the form of half-incoherent ramblings, it would still be at least something. And let's be honest, our country right now is absolutely a laughingstock and a disgrace. And meanwhile, we all just walk blindly through life, more focused on what the current TikTok trend is, than what's actually happening in the world, or even relatively close to us, like the things that have happened close to where I live.
Let's not forget, if you don't know, the Nord Stream pipeline, which was a natural resource pipeline from Russia to Germany, I believe. It was blown up months ago, and that explosion actually caused the single largest environmental disaster in the history of the world. And it's barely talked about, and also totally caused by our government. Now, of course, our government blamed it on Russia, saying that they blew up their own fucking pipeline. That doesn't make any sense. Yet, we all just sit back and, you know, okay, sure, I guess they blew up their pipeline. Why wouldn't they? And also, let's not forget that our U.S. government, including President Biden, previously mentioned before the Ukraine war and invasion happened from Russia, that if they invaded Ukraine, they would make sure or we, the United States, would make sure that the Nord Stream pipeline would no longer be operational. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the the border of Ukraine uh, again, then... uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. How will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control, we will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Then they invade. Nord Stream pipeline explodes, and we say, "Wow, that's so weird that Russia blew up their own pipeline. We certainly didn't have anything to do with it." If you guys aren't paying attention to this shit, or you have heard about it and you don't care, or you believe that we didn't have any part of it, you're a fucking moron. Let's go back to the train derailment and the explosion in East Palestine, Ohio. This was horribly catastrophic. Where's Al Gore and all the environmental activists talking about this? Where's the Earth's Life Matters movement? I'm sure that's next on the list. Fact is, most of y'all are just fucking puppets. You're happy and willing to be subdued by Super Bowls and TikToks and social media trends while the world continues to fall apart around you. If you're someone out there that's standing up for a cause or an activist for anything and you act like you actually care, you don't care. You only care about looking like you care. All right, so the last update I will give because it's been a while. Is that a couple weeks ago I broke my passenger side mirror on my van by backing into my trash can in my driveway. So we got a new trash company and they have these very specific guidelines. I used to put my trash can in the grass next to my driveway, but this trash company insists that the trash can has to be on one side of the driveway, in the driveway, at the base of the driveway. That happens to be the side of the driveway that I pull my van into the garage. So now I've had to get used to remembering when I leave for the school and trash hasn't been picked up yet, that I need to kind of swerve in the driveway to make sure I don't back into my trash can, spilling my trash all over the street. Well, a couple weeks ago, I saw the trash can in the driveway when I was getting in the van, and I'm like, gotta make sure I swerve and don't hit that. And then by the time I started the car and backed out, totally forgot. Luckily, somehow I managed to not hit the trash can with my rear bumper or anything. Not so luckily, I ended up hitting the trash can with my side mirror. And don't ask me how, but instead of just pushing the trash can forward, which it did, causing a bottle to fall out of the trash can and break in the street that I then had to sweep up, it crunched the shit out of the plastic framing of my passenger side mirror and I looked over and my actual mirror part is just dangling by wires. But I was in a rush to get to the school so of course now I'm looking for duct tape and I am doing a hillbilly job to put my mirror back in place, sweeping up broken glass from the street and sweeping up shards of broken plastic from my driveway that used to belong to the housing of my passenger side mirror. So that sucked. I will say that trash day was yesterday and boy oh boy was this fresh enough in my mind 
mind that I made sure to swerve real hard in my driveway and come nowhere close to the trash can. All right, I'll wrap up with the updates of, you know, all the crazy shit going on around the world. You don't need me to tell you about it. You can just get on your Google machine and find out. Not that you're going to remember for very long, just like already, no one's fucking talking about the UFOs anymore. Even though it's only been like three days since they were shot down. So onto our topic, it's complicated. I'm sure most of you get that reference. That would be, you know, updating your relationship status. There used to be an option. There probably still is in Facebook where instead of saying I'm single, I'm in a relationship with such and such, I'm married, you can just put it's complicated, which means I, I don't really know what this is. I want to know what love is. And as I discussed earlier, I have been single for quite some time. Years, to be precise. And honestly, I have really no interest whatsoever in being a part of a relationship now or anytime in the foreseeable future. The idea of going on a date has about the same appeal to me as testing out an electric chair. Now, I'm going to get into a lot of personal shit talking about my past relationships and my relationship history. I will do my best not to be overly detailed to protect the identity of those involved, but just know that this is going to be a relatively vulnerable episode where I'm giving you a lot of information about my personal life. I don't care. I'm an open book. Obviously, if I am recording all of this stuff and then blasting it out into the world for anyone to listen to. So let's look at, you know, my relationship history. I have a long history of failed relationships, as would be evidenced by the fact that I am single at the age of 47. And, you know, I've always been a relationship guy. I was never anyone who was interested in just casual dating, casual sex. I'm a relatively emotional and romantic person, so I like the idea of being in love. I wanna know what love is. That makes it difficult to have a casual relationship, because you, as my daughter would say, catch the feels. I have been married multiple times, multiple, multiple times, four times to be exact. Jeff, that's way too many times. I know, but that's the relationship person in me, the person who commits. And, you know, I grew up always being taught that that's what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to meet a girl, fall in love, commit, and get married. Now, I wasn't taught to do that four times. <laughs> But it just kind of happens. So let's talk about those marriages. So the first time I got married, I was way too young. I was 18 years old. And when I met the girl that I married, at the time, she was a stripper. I was a long-haired guy in a metal band. So it actually kind of made sense at the time. Now, I was not a big fan of the fact that she was a stripper. And before we got married, she ended up getting a job in a normal workspace where her clothes were on at all times. But we never should have gotten married. We argued all the time. And of course, yeah, we were young. She was 21 at the time. I was 18. And we wanted to break it off. But the problem was her dad had already put down all of these big deposits on things for the wedding and the reception. So really the main reason we got married is because she didn't want to have to tell her dad that we weren't going to get married and he was going to lose a lot of deposits. But eventually, like two years into the marriage, 
Bridge. A band I was in at the time was trying to book an East Coast tour that we were setting up ourselves, and it would have had us on the road over the course of, I want to say it was seven weeks, and she kind of revealed to me that she was not okay with that, and she wanted me to quit the band, and was basically giving me an ultimatum between her and the band. And I straight up looked at her, and I said, you know what, the band is not going to give me an ultimatum between them and you, so if you're the one giving me an ultimatum, you're going to lose. And that marriage ended. So shortly after that marriage ended, I met a girl that I was working with. Well, I didn't meet her. We had been working together, but then we kind of started to date. And it was very much the flip-flop of the previous marriage where now I was 21, she was 18, and we ended up getting married, you know, maybe in like a year after we started dating, not too long. And that was actually a very good relationship. We really didn't argue that much. We had a lot of fun together. We would actually have parties, which for me, being, you know, a social person, in retrospect, I mean, I couldn't even imagine doing that today. But one day she kind of made a comment when I got home from a band practice in the band I was in at the time, different band than the previous marriage. And she was just kind of asking like, you know, when are you going to kind of give up this dream and maybe just start doing normal stuff? I was like, well, this is who I am. You knew who I was when you married me. Why they call it a dream. I'm not going to give it up, at least no time that I know of in the near future. She also revealed that she was starting to have second thoughts about whether she wanted children or not. And this was a major deal breaker for me. We ended up living together for the next six months under the same roof in separate bedrooms, which was very uncomfortable. But for the most part, we had a pretty amicable split. And as a matter of fact, I reconnected with her on Facebook, I don't know, maybe like five, six months ago. And we've exchanged some texts and chats here and there. Nothing from a romantic or rekindling perspective. It's just, you know, because of the fact that the relationship was a good relationship when it lasted and the split wasn't really that awful, it kind of made it easy to just be like, hey, you know, almost like old friends touching base after 20 years. So now, by the time the second marriage ended, I would have been probably, I don't know, 24 years old. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Done with marriage. No, you're not done, Jeff. You got married two more times. All right, I know. I haven't finished the fucking story. So a few years later, I met my kid's mom and we started dating and pretty, pretty, pretty quickly, she got pregnant with my daughter, Zoe. But I was like, you know what? Just because you're pregnant, just because we're going to have a kid, we're not getting married. I don't agree with people who get married just because there's a child involved. That is never a good idea. So then we had Zoe. Then months later, she's pregnant again. By the time she's, I don't know, five, six months pregnant with Skylar, my son, I was like, you know what? Fine. We're going to have two kids together for the sake of a lot of legal reasons, taxes, all of that stuff. Let's go ahead and get married. It seems like the right thing to do, which we did. And then when the kids were about one and two years old, I caught her with another guy in a van down by the river. Not making that up. In a van down by the river! And despite the heartbreak and pain of discovering that, I thought, well, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe it's my fault that this is happening. And I even gave her the option, like, let's go to therapy. Let's see if we can work this out. And I slept on the couch that night. She slept in the bedroom. Well, I guess not that long because I woke up the next morning and she was gone with all of her clothes. And I was at home with one and two year old babies at the time with no idea where their mom was. 
This would have been in the early 2000s, so you know, phone technology and mobile communication was not what it is today. So just being able to reach out or you know communicate with someone easily, well, wasn't that easy. So finally, I don't know, like a day or two later, she finally reached out and let me know she was at her mom's, and then you know things just kind of went downhill from there, and everything was over. So now I'm like, I am done. No, you're not done, Jeff. You still got married a fourth time. I know. I still have more story to tell. So in my mid-30s, I met a girl who worked with my guitar player, and we started dating, and we got together, and she had four kids from two previous relationships, and then I still had my two kids, so it was a Brady Bunch situation, but she had a lot of anxiety and depression and things like that, which really wasn't that apparent when we got together, but, you know, she claimed that it made it very difficult for her to work full-time, so she worked as a waitress only part-time, and we ended up moving in together, and then I basically proposed because I knew that, you know, there were a lot of things I wanted to take care of her. I'm someone, because I am a romantic and because I am a committed, involved person, I like to take care of the person I'm with, even monetarily. And it made sense from a legal and tax perspective and insurance and making sure that she had insurance because she couldn't work full time. But in order to do that, we had to be married. So I proposed. Yes, I'm not saying it was 150% just a paperwork thing. I was in love, or so I thought, at the time. I wanna know what love is. But that was definitely a big factor of wanting to take care of her legally and in all of the ways that included paperwork. That marriage actually lasted longer than any of the previous marriages, um, but eventually after, I don't know, five, six years, those issues of anxiety and depression, boy did they become way more apparent, along with a bunch of other shit, like being a complete hypochondriac. And at the time I had an HSA, which meant that it was a health savings account, so my insurance didn't really pay for anything until I had footed the bill of this huge deductible, and it was like every year she was costing me upwards of six, seven thousand dollars in deductibles because of all of these different procedures and things that she needed to get done because she just thought everything was fucking wrong with her. Didn't help that she was downing two bottles of wine at least every single night. And you know, let me point out that she was probably about 145 pounds, so that's a lot of wine on a small frame. I also later discovered right near the end when I found a pill bottle under her side of the sink that had a expiration date of the prescription from like two years ago, yet the pill bottle was full, which meant she had been getting pills or whatever from basically non-legal sources, maybe people she knew at work. I don't know how that happened, but in addition to all of the alcohol, there was a lot of pill usage going on. And it just got to a point where I finally told her, I can't fucking fix you, and I can't be around all of this negativity all the time. I am providing for you in every way possible. I am putting a roof over your children's head and making sure that they want for nothing. I am making sure that you have everything you want and you want for nothing. Yet you still come across as if you are the most miserable individual on the planet. So basically that ended and that was the last and final marriage in the story of Jeff's failed marriages. (laughs) 
now. I've dated a little bit since then, and you know, I was in one relationship that lasted for 13 months. As a matter of fact, we broke up on our 13-month anniversary, Yay! and that relationship pretty much traumatized me because it was just one of those I never should have gotten into the relationship, and I questioned myself the whole time. We had very brief breakups, like two or three times over the course of those 13 months, but then we'd get back together after a couple days. But once that relationship ended, I was like, I, you know what? I'm done. Not not just with marriages. I'm done with relationships. And for the most part, during my entire life, even when I wasn't married, you know, I was dating someone. I was in a relationship with someone, even if we weren't living together. And I didn't really know how to live on my own or just be single, truly single for a long period of time. Now, fortunately, the breakup that I had at the end of that 13-month relationship took place two weeks after quarantine started in early 2020. So the idea of meeting anyone, that wasn't going to happen. I had left my job of over 10 years a week before the quarantine started, so it's not like I was going to talk to anyone or meet anyone at work. There were no music shows or performances to play. It's not like I was going to meet anyone at one of my gigs. So that kind of forced me to learn how to live like really, really alone, painfully alone. Also, you know, at the time that, you know, my best friend died, my dad died, my stepdad died all in a two and a half month period in the middle of 2020. The fact that my kids were becoming adults and were pretty much never around the house. I mean, I was painfully alone. Boy, was that a learning opportunity. I did date someone since that 13-month relationship. It didn't last that long, and I wouldn't really call it a relationship more than it was just kind of dating. Now, I'm monogamous, so it's not like I was seeing other people. That's not why I say it was dating, but it was because we only saw each other like two days a week due to our circumstances. But, you know, right out of the gate, you know, here I am coming off this period of time where I was painfully alone and having to get used to being single and on my own. And at first, you know, there was this comfort of having someone else and feeling those emotions and feelings of interacting romantically with someone else. But real quickly, I found out, boy, she was way into me, like way into me, freaky into me, like Jeffrey Dahmer level. Ah! To the point where at times, you know, it felt like she was looking at me like I was a $100 filet mignon. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Now, again, let's point out that I was probably severely depressed at the time, and I definitely did not see myself in the same light that she saw me. I also didn't think that I deserved that level of adoration. Even to this day, years later, I still feel that way about myself. And there were other factors that went into why I just was not, over time, feeling the dating or whatever relationship, whatever you want to call it. Wasn't really feeling it that much, but it's one of those things where you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings by saying, I'm done. So you kind of just tolerate it, which was easy because we only saw each other for a few hours, like two times a week. But I really found myself starting to limit our interactions as much as possible. Even more so, I went out of my way to avoid sex with her like the plague. There was something about her over-the-top adoration for me that actually made me want to push her away even further and not reward her with any kind of physical interaction. I know, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sure I was self-sabotaging. I'm not trying to throw this person under the bus or say that she was a bad person. But I'm now at the point where, you know, I'm so far removed from even the concept or idea or consideration of dating that it's very possible that it's never going to happen again. And I'm 100% okay with that. Am I happy living alone? I 
mean, yes, to an extent, but I've also pretty much completely forgotten what it's like to live with another human being. The kids haven't lived here in years. I haven't lived with anyone that I would call a spouse or relationship in, oh, I don't know, six years maybe now? Am I completely content with my life? I mean, in the scheme of things, yes. I love my job and I love making a difference in the lives of kids and young adults through music. But then again, when I'm home alone and not at the school, it's not uncommon for me to just weep extensively over touching and heartfelt news and social media feeds. So yes, I'm probably pretty broken. Probably still pretty depressed. Doesn't mean I think my life is bad. I'm just in an emotional funk and, you know, another reason why I probably want nothing to do with anyone else because I don't want anyone else to have to deal with my bullshit the same way I've had to deal with other people's similar bullshit. I've actually recently contemplated getting a puppy because I had to put my old dog down a week before Christmas of 2019 and then my older cat just died of natural causes uh, two Augusts ago and so now I have Goobs who's just basically the only animal left in the house. I don't think Goobs would get along very well with another cat, just her demeanor. She's a big cat, but she loves dogs. So, you know, I kind of think maybe she needs a companion and that it would be a good thing for Goobs to have a dog in the house. But I also know that it would probably be good for me as well to have something new, something positive, something loving. But just like a relationship, there's part of me that questions, am I the best thing for a potential dog? Am I fully prepared for that from a time and emotional perspective? I'm sure I could be, but that's how far detached I am from contact with any Thing, that I'm questioning a relationship with a dog. So going back to the fact that I am, you know, what I consider to be a very romantic person, I'm a type of partner in a relationship that could be an awesome partner, but probably also a shitty partner because there's a lot of things that are emotionally driven. And trust me, the time has come after so many failed relationships that I have no choice but to look in the mirror, self-reflect, and realize that maybe the problem is me. Nothing bothers me more in this world than someone who constantly has the same complaints about everything and everyone around them and never stops to think, maybe the problem is me. It's like the old adage that when you point the finger at someone, there's four fingers pointing back at you. I will say that in a relationship, I am hyper attentive, very communicative, very giving, almost to a fault with both monetary items and gifts and also my time. But on the flip side, I do have expectations for reciprocity, not even of a romantic nature, but of commitment and being on the same page, which would be the same reason why, you know, when first couple marriages where it was like, well, when are you going to quit music? Well, that's not a flip side of supporting me in what I want to do, so that's deal breaker. Or I don't think I want to have kids maybe. Well, that's a deal breaker. Or I'm cheating with you on someone and you caught us in a van down by the river. That's a deal breaker. In a van down by the river! And I'm pretty convinced at this point that, yeah, I suck when it comes to relationships. Not trying to throw any ex under a bus. I'm not trying to point the finger. And I also know that there's probably a good chance that while I thought that I was in love, or I probably was in love, but maybe I didn't realize what that entailed, if I had actually truly loved someone, like a forever someone, I may have found a way to endure some of the challenges that I ended up kind of letting end the relationship. But I didn't. I just was like, you know what? Fine. We're done. So to an extent, 
understand. I'm a piece of shit. Yes, I know this. I totally accept that, and I like to think that I learn from it. And for that reason, I would absolutely extend an apology to anybody I've ever been in a relationship with in my past, despite that being a pretty small number since I've pretty much always been in long-term committed relationships or marriages. You know, going back to the dog, if I'm like concerned that I might not be the best fit for a dog as an owner, maybe I'm not the best fit to be the owner of someone's heart and feelings. And if there's one thing that I feel that I've learned in recent years, it's that the best thing I can do is to make myself unavailable to the rest of the world romantically. Sorry folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. I know that I am part of the problem, if not the problem, many times. If I considered anything else, that would basically be the definition of insanity, which would be, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, I've tried and tried and tried with the same results. So I'm either stupid, crazy, or I'm the problem. And yeah, there were relationships that I was in where there were big problems that had nothing to do with me or my fault. Like, I didn't force someone to go cheat in a van down by the river. I didn't force a wife to drink and pill herself to a frenzy of hypochondria that grew out of control. But perhaps I wasn't as supportive as I needed to be, and perhaps those things were the result of me being part of the problem. I recognize that, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So obviously at this point, I'm pretty convinced that the idea and the concept of marriage is complete bullshit. Yes, I'm sure many of you out there that are married, have been married a long time, you will disagree with me, but let me explain to you why I think marriage is bullshit. First off, it's easily undone, period. The commitment of marriage means nothing other than actually just registering your relationship with the government. A true and forever loving union would never need paperwork or that extra step. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Those two people would stay together forever with or without any documentation. Speaking of the legality aspect of marriage, as I've discussed, I've done it four times and have never had a divorce. Wait, how have you not had a divorce? Are you still married to four women? Do you live in Utah? No, I've only had dissolutions, which is something that is much cheaper, but requires that both parties completely agree on everything. You like potatoes, and I like potatoes. You like tomatoes. And I like tomato, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Oh, let's call the whole thing off. A divorce is when you need lawyers, you're fighting, you're going back and forth. I've never had a divorce. Only had dissolutions. I guess that speaks to my negotiating and people skills in the fact that I have broken four hearts and still never had anyone actually want to fight me over anything and just be like, okay, we agree. We're done. Here's the paperwork. 750 bucks. That's about what it costs for a dissolution. Not that bad. A lot cheaper than most divorces. Well, all divorces. Even when my kids were involved in the third marriage, Dissolution, not a divorce. We agreed on everything, including the shared parenting. There was never a request for alimony or child support because we had equal time with the kids. And also the fact that, you know, I wasn't the one that was caught in a van down by the river. Another thing about marriage I don't like is that it's got this kind of sense of ownership or possession of the other person, which were the principles I was raised on, and they have steered me completely wrong four times. I don't care if you're dating. I don't care if you're in a relationship and living together. I don't care if you're married. The fact is, you do not own or possess anybody on this planet. That's where jealousy comes from. And despite the fact that I have now realized I know this, the question is, am I actually 
actually capable to be in a relationship where I ignore and defy those obvious flaws in the ideology? Or am I going to revert to almost five decades of instilled beliefs and just go right back into that possession and ownership vibe? Which I hate, but it's hard to change who we are at the core. But going back to possession, ownership, jealousy, I've said this before on the podcast, but I am now convinced that human beings, we're not monogamous by nature. If you don't believe me, go look at the divorce rate. In a van down by the river! Now, I'm not saying some couples can't survive under the pre-definition of marriage and monogamy, but it's likely more rare than most couples know. Even in the longest and finger quotes happiest of marriages, there's probably a chance that there's been some level of infidelity over the course of the relationship. Even if it's just maybe a slightly inappropriate text that you had with someone years and years ago. Or a little harmless flirting in the break room at work. Or just simply fucking someone else. In a van! By the river! There is all levels of infidelity that basically kind of break the trust of that marital bond that you have with someone else. Well, not even marital, even in a committed relationship without paperwork being involved. But we've kind of been brainwashed by religious standards and the ownership of women by men to believe that once a relationship begins, the idea of attraction to any other human is unacceptable and offensive. But that's not true. You can absolutely be totally in love, totally head over heels forever in love with someone doesn't mean you still can't find someone else attractive. That's poppycock. It is our nature. You can't turn nature off. But I'm sure in a lot of relationships, if a wife turned to her husband and pointed out a guy across the room and mentioned how hot he is, the husband would be pissed. I, I am shocked and, and offended and, and hurt. But why? It's not like she's fucking him. But even if she did, we're not monogamous. We're just led to believe that we are supposed to be 100% committed to each other and we are property of each other. You're not. And speaking of the idea of cheating, the cheating is not in the actual sexual act. The cheating is in the lying and the deceit and the shame that goes with it. That is where trust is broken. That is what cheating is, is deceiving someone, including yourself, and trying to propagate a lie for as long as you can. Now, I say all of this, but even while I know and believe this, would I be okay with a partner of mine having sex with someone else with, you know, once again, almost five decades of religious and societal ideologies pumped into my brain and instincts? Fact is, I probably wouldn't be okay with it, even though I know in my own head that we're not monogamous. All right, so I just want to wrap up by letting everyone know, especially the ladies, go ahead and give up on me. I'm just going to get a dog. Maybe. I am officially done trying to attract anyone. And I will absolutely be perfectly fine if I spend the rest of my life never even kissing another woman's lips. I mean, I'm at the point now where it's been years since I have even inappropriately hugged a woman. Now, I do still have a romantic nature. I do still have occasionally romantic dreams where I might kiss someone or feel the emotions of romance and love. And despite being the age of 47, I have a pretty strong libido. Sorry! 
Sorry, Mom! As is evidenced by my monthly paper towel budget. So, it's not that. I mean, I would love the physical connection, but that is just a problem. Because I have a hard time separating lust from love. It's like being a gasoline manufacturer and having no interest in buying a box of matches. Just to be safe. And who knows, I'm not gonna say I'm never gonna be in a relationship again. I mean, I'm just telling you where I'm at right now, today, how I feel. I have no intention of being in a relationship ever again, but I know myself as a romantic, if I met someone that I was very attracted to that cared about me and was attracted to me, it would be very easy for me to let that romantic side of myself take over. But I also know that my mindset now is a lot different than it has ever been in previous points of my life. And there's a very good chance I would self-sabotage just to make sure that the relationship doesn't take hold. Also, as many of you have heard on the podcast, I have a lot of extreme ideas about society that probably won't mesh well with a lot of the women that I could potentially meet. So that limits the idea that anyone's actually going to want anything to do with me on a deep personal level. And again, as time goes on and I just get more and more used to being single, it just compounds this idea that I'm completely fine with it. I mean, at this point, by 2025, I'll probably identify as non-binary and asexual. Wait, that doesn't make sense. I also may change my pronouns to won't didn't. What? All right, I hope everyone had a good Valentine's Day. Not. Y'all can suck it. As a matter of fact, I hope some of you broke up on Valentine's Day. All right, I'm an asshole. Again, I'm sorry that it's been a delay a long time since the last episode. I will do my best to make the next one happen a little more quickly. Luckily, things are settling down time-wise at the school. That should give me more opportunities to think about this. I'm starting to wind down the novel. But it has been very healthy for me here in the last couple months to not have the podcast be a weekly priority. But it doesn't mean that I don't want to still make them be relatively frequent. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to tune in. Again, if you want more free frequency, please tell a friend, tell a family member. If you enjoy the podcast, go check out the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. The more listenership I see, the more likely I am and more motivated I will be to crank out more and more episodes. Yay! Until next time, I'm Jeff. In a van down by the river. And I'm proposing. I want to know what love is. Good night. <laughs>
said, I don't really want to be your friend. I've been tried and I've cried and I'm done crying. And then I laughed in his face. And then I saw the guy fire. He said, you don't need to keep me alive. Cause I've been burned so many times, I'm like lava. Covered him with water From the lady of the sea I told her you don't need to rescue me No more, no more Cause the roads and the words have been 